And here we go. And welcome to episode 397 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says Burn in Hell 2020. <laughs> okay. Fuck off. Worst year ever. It has been. Yeah. I'm sure there are probably some people who are probably like, you know, I don't know, Sean, the plague of 19 or of, of like, you know, 1825 was pretty fucking bad. But, you know, it's something like that, I'm sure, you know. Yeah. Yeah. During the French Revolution, you know, uh, when people were eating rats. Yeah, okay. I get it. The Spanish flu was pretty bad. Yeah. I, that was within this. Yeah, 1920. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, I, I get it, you know, but like, you know, for my money. Yeah. Worst year ever. It's been pretty bad. Yeah. So, so how are you, sir? Um, good. I haven't done anything for two days. Oh, nice. I couldn't even find my car keys. Wow. That'll let you know I haven't really done much. Yeah. But I did, uh, I did finish Cobra Kai today. Did you? I, see, I didn't watch it this week. I thought there's no way Ian's going to have watched it. I, we binged it all today. Did you? All this morning. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have it watched for next week then so we can discuss it. Yeah. It's good. I, I, I finally finished my trek through Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. Whew. That was a, a baton death march. Really? <laughs> no, well, no. Like, I, I hate saying that because, like, there were... It, it it it's one of the least liked Star Trek series. Yeah. And it only lasted four seasons. Okay. But like and it suffered like it it, it was like it was very weird because it was like two different shows. And it was like one show, it was like a typical Star Trek show. Like you could see like the like episodes just followed like the same basic plot line of any other Star Trek show. Okay. That, was, that that's when it got like, oh man, I see, I see why people like, people just got sick of this shit. But then there were other episodes that were very innovative and and very creative, and they told an overarching story that were far more interesting. Yeah. There were a lot of like, especially in like the last season, there were a lot of two part episodes. Season three tells an overarching story about like the enterprise uh, enterprise crews trying to stop an alien invasion. Yeah. Um. You know, there's a lot of like really good stuff in there, but unfortunately, it's like sprinkled in with like what was at the time like typical Star Trek. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like you know, an episode revolved around the 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 um the communications officer, like like. Like, she wasn't that fucking interesting. There's a reason why, you know. Yeah. 
she's not like involved in every fucking episode in depthly, you know. And and it was shit like that. Like it, it was like they, they, there was like so there were enough episodes where you were like, well, I I remember this episode from Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. So I guess we had to tell it again here, you know. But then there were yeah. other episodes that were like really really innovative, and you're like, wow, that's that that's really good storytelling. Um. Like overall, I mean, unless you're like a hardcore Star Trek fan, I wouldn't recommend taking mm-hmm. dive in Enterprise. But um, I I did find some of it like you know, especially in, it, since I'm watching Discovery and the stuff that they're talking about with the temporal war and the stuff with time mm-hmm. that they talk about in the 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 new century that wasn't at all from you know. Their original, their original time, I do find that interesting, and it did yeah. help create some background. And they, they even do like a um a two part episode that takes place completely in the mirror universe, and it deals with the original USS Defiant going back, going into the mirror universe, and they discuss that in season one. The, the you know, mm-hmm. and so that was interesting. Like so, there was some stuff that took place. I was like, oh, okay, that's uh. That's interesting. That's a little nod, you know, like Discovery making little nods back to Enterprise that yeah. I find very interesting, you know. But overall, like I said, unless you're like a diehard Trekkie, like Bacula's good as the, the captain. Um, the some of the the, the bridge crew's interesting. The uh, the guy Trip, who's the engineer, his character is interesting, and you know. Uh, to Paul the Vulcan, you know, she's interesting. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, some of the characters were interesting, and there were some others. I was like, eh, okay, yeah, you're a typical yeah. Star Trek character. Yeah. You're a cookie cutter, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But o- overall, it's it's you know, like I said, I I would only recommend it if you are a hardcore Trekker and you never watched the see the series. Yeah, that's it. You know, but I did that. Um, that was about it. Did you watch Discovery? I, I did. I watched Discovery this weekend. It was a very nice rebound episode. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, this was this was far more interesting than. Half of the episode from last week. I mean, we we buried that episode last week, so I'm not going to get back into it. But this was a much much better episode that I really really enjoyed, and I enjoyed everything about it. Yeah. Like the whole the whole thing with um, you know, um, the leader, the 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 uh, the Emerald Chain. Like she's legitimately there to negotiate peace. Like her plot to get in there like sucked. But she realized it was the only way to get in there to negotiate peace or right. an armistice. And like like her legitimacy in like trying to do that I found very interesting. Right. You know. Um, <clears throat> the way this that scientist kind of viewed her even, like as a hero. Right. Like without knowing the full, like he's only seen the part of the story he wants to see, essentially. Right. You know, and 
it's one of those things. I, I just, I, I, she's a very interesting character that I hope sticks around beyond this season. Yeah. Like not, I don't want her to be on the on the the bridge or anything, but like I hope like she is a reoccurring villain going forward. It is part of what this new new frontier is. Right. They took care yeah. of what's his name pretty quick. <laughs> the blue guy, the um, the Andorian. The Andorian. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just we'll just vaporize him. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good. I mean, I, I like the whole some good acting going on down in the um, uh, down in engineering. Oh yeah, between her and him, I, I thought that was yeah, like Michael and Stannis. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, and you could tell like, like acting was like superb. You know what I mean? Like, right, and I get it, like. Like Stannis is like like that's my whole world, and Michael has to make a decision like what's best for her or what's best for the like the the Federation, right? Because like what's best for her is like go get Saru and Hugh and and those people. Like I mean that's what's best for her, but what's best for the Federation is I need to get you off this fucking ship so it can't jump. Right, right. I have to sacrifice three people to save the Federation. Right. And that's, I mean, that's the decision she couldn't make the year before with the girl who was infected by the, uh, by control. Right. The cyborg girl. Like, she couldn't make that decision last year. This year she did. Yeah. You know, and, like, it's, like, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Right, right. You know, and it's, like, so, it was heartbreaking because Stanmus is heartbroken. And he may never forgive her for this. No, I know. You know, I mean, so. And he's, I liked the parts where he was telling her, I was like, you know, we came back for you. Yeah. We risked everything for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that was pretty, it was pretty power. It was emotional. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it, I mean, that, that sequence was delivered like really well. Yeah. Really well. So. Yeah, I I appreciated that scene. I appreciated the acting in that scene by both of those those actors. And I also appreciated how he views her as his daughter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that kind of came out, too. You know what I mean? I was like, whoa, what's this? You know what I mean? Yeah, because when he's having that conversation with the scientist, he's like, yeah, I I have a child. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, that was set up for later. But I mean, like. Like, he recognized her as his own. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that was pretty important. Well, I, I think, I mean, it's been set up all along. And, like, he's even kind of told her, like, he, he told her a couple episodes ago, like, you know, we're a package deal. Yeah. Talking about him and Hugh. Yeah. You know, and, like, the understanding between him and her that, like, basically him and Hugh are taking her in as their own. Right. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I really liked the episode. I thought it was pretty good. I like, I love the ending. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. I was kind of waiting for something like that because I was like, man, the ship's not reacting at all here. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like this is a threat going on here, and 
the ship isn't really doing much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, the ending. I'm like, whoa, that's interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like, even, like, the whole thing, like, at the beginning of the episode where, like, you know, the movie's playing. And, like, she's like, well, how much data is that taking? I'm like, it's minuscule. Just fuck it. Let it go. You know, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, how can't they see the sphere data? Right. Yeah, because the sphere data apparently decided to dump itself somewhere else. Yeah. You know. So. Protected. Yeah. I, I, I like I like that a lot. I, I mean, there was. It's setting up for what I think is going to be a great season finale. Yeah. Yeah, it should. Anyway. Yeah. You'll love Cobra Kai. I've heard people talking about it, you know, and it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm avoiding spoilers. Like anything I see that even starts with Cobra Kai, I'm just like, okay, let's just bypass that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, it, uh, it was, um, it was pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go into it or anything. It's just, um, and the only thing I'll say about it is that it was written a little bit deeper yeah. than previous, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's layered more, better. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so you should enjoy it. I did watch uh, a movie, Spencer Confidential. <laughs> okay. It's a Wahlberg movie. Okay. I liked it. It's pretty good. It sounds like, what, like, was it like a private detective movie or something? No, it wasn't a private detective. He was, um, anyway, went to some cop's house, his chiefs, and, uh, or the commit. I don't know if he was the commissioner or wherever. It takes place in Boston, of course. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he goes and just kicks the living shit out of him. Yeah. Like something was up. They weren't investigating something. And then, that was close to him, and they they were kind of burying it. And he went up to his house and opened the door and says, "Why aren't you doing this?" Da, 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 and looks over, and his wife's like bleeding profusely from the head, like he's abusing his wife. So he takes him outside, out of the front, and he was drunk too. And he takes him outside and just kicks the living shit out of him. Wow! And so he goes to jail for five years. Yeah. And um, then he comes back. You know, he's in jail. Then he comes out. And some guy takes him in. It goes from there. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's not awful, you know. Put yeah. it that. And what's his name? And I can never remember his name. He was in. Uh, you remember? So I married an axe murder. Yeah. Do you remember the police chief? <laughs> yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Where he? What's his name? Wants him to yell at him all the time. Yeah. It's that guy. He's okay. like a fighting coach or something. He owns a gym. Yeah. Shaq's up there. It's it's a it's a good film. I like it. Yeah. So, that was pretty cool. As far as that, I, I think that's about it. Cobra Kai. I took up most of the day. Yeah. It was good. I watched uh episodes two and three of uh the stand. I got through episode one. 
Yeah. Is it getting pretty good? Like episode two was just okay. Uh-huh. Like even like and it has Heather Graham in it. And even she's like like can't like bolster it for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's weirdly but but I liked episode three a lot. Like, mm. like I don't know if it was just like the introduction of the characters in episode two that I was like, meh. You know, but episode three I liked a lot. Episode three really yeah. picked up for me. Oh, that's cool. I Heather like Graham. Episode. Heather Graham looking looking fine as Fox doll. Is she a character that I haven't seen yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but she's looking looking pretty damn good. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, episode episode like I said, episode two. Like, I think it just has to deal deal with like the the character it focuses on and like. I was just like, okay, I, I get, you know, he's 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 part of the five and and everything, but I'm also kind of like, yeah, this story is not that interesting. But then <laughs> right. I get to episode three, and episode three is much more interesting. Yeah, I like. I was interested in uh, what's his name. I can't remember the names of the people. Um, the one guy that was going through the sewers with the rats and. The girl. Well, you've got the episode two then. Is that is that two? Yeah. I didn't mind that episode then. You didn't? Okay. I liked him. See, I, I liked did. that character. The musician? Yeah, the musician, yeah. Yeah, I like that storyline. Yeah, the girl's Heather Graham. Yeah, that's Heather Graham. Yeah, I was yeah. saying, I was like, I think I saw Heather Graham. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good episode. I like that episode. I didn't. Like, I, I, I didn't care for the character. Because he's like... At some point, he has to become likable. I get that. But, like, yeah. like while he's in New York, he's not that likable. Right. Like, I mean, you know, he's going through the sewers, and he's making sure he carries a, the bag of, of, of drugs. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's It was, like... He, he just didn't come off as... Is overly likable to me. Okay. You know, I'm sure somewhere on the way he's gonna have. I mean, he starts to redeem himself when he finds Amber Heard and the little kid. Yeah. But like overall, like I just like episode two, I was just kind of like, man. I didn't mind it. Yeah, but episode three, I liked a lot. Yeah. I just get more Randall Flagg in episode three. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I know the story. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm waiting yeah. to see the characters. Like, I know the. I know the general story because, like, I read the book 30 years ago. Yeah, but there's been so many makes of this. Well, not makes. What What was the last one? Ninety. You know, ninety six. No. That's only been the one the one time they made this movie, and that was like that ABC miniseries. I want to say like 1990 with oh, Gary that, Sinise. That late, that late. Yeah. yeah. People seem to like that one. I recall it being well done when until you get to the end. 
Yeah. And the ending was kind of like like it's just like it's bad special effects. Like I hate to say that. Like yeah. Cuz like the, I think and the ending was pretty true to the book if I recall correctly, but like it's like and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read the book or watched that mini series, but like, you know. I remember like looking at that special effect going, "Oh, that's bad." <laughs> yeah. That that's almost uh you know, googly snake bad. Yeah, I'm sure this one won't be. Yeah, I'm sure it won't either. It's depending on how they end it. Yeah. I hope they end it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like I said, it's been at least 30 years. I I read that book in like 1990, 91. Yeah. You know, and that took me damn near a year to get through. It's a huge book. It is. It's, it's, It's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, very big book, but yeah. yeah. But worth the read. I mean, I remember it being a good book, but like it was like one of those books where I said, well, I read it once. I'll never fucking read it again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I will never take on this project again. Right. And it's, you know, I I know what, well, you, you know what happens already. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Or what's supposed to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's been so long. I've got a general idea of, of how this is supposed to unfold, and there are things that take place. Like, like I remember Amber Heard's character. Yeah. You know, and um, the the role that she plays and stuff. Like, there, there are little things that come back to me as, like, I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember this now. I, I Okay, I oh, oh, shit, yeah. And then there are still some things I'm like, Nah, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think overall, over three episodes, it's been worth the watch. I mean, even though I didn't much care for episode two, like, I guess like, comparing it to episode one, episode three, it didn't, like, it didn't stand its, up to me as much. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's probably still a good episode. I mean, you and I are clearly split on it. Just because of mm. the character it focused on, but yeah. you know, overall, I it, they're all three episodes are are good episodes, and if you're not watching it, I'd recommend playing catch up and and enjoying it. That's cool. This third one's about Flag, though. A, a bit more about Flag. He's not the main. You know, there's still a lot of other stuff going on, and you know, Flag is only given you in bits and pieces at the very beginning. But oh, really? Yeah. But there's a there's a really good scene with Flag. There's two really good scenes with Flag in this. Mm-hmm. So. And that weirdo. <laughs> that weirdo kid. What's his name? Joe. Huh? Little Joe. <laughs> Not the kid. That. Well, he is sort of a kid. And, uh, I don't want to throw a huge spoiler out there. Moon. Huh? Moon? No. The kid from the first episode. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, he just... He's pulling off the character nicely on how they're doing him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
a psychopath and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff so but i don't want to say anything more about him because something right. else I don't give anything away. yeah yeah you know, you know what i mean so <laughs> it's it is one of those rough ones where it's like okay i know what's going to happen in many ways and i like some of the characters i am saying like okay yeah i remember this character and i remember oh oh this guy that you know but yeah. so you don't want to give anything away it's just for people who haven't watched it because you know we're only at the of episode three you know so i'd hate to like oh by the end of this guy does this you know so if you like this character guess what <laughs> you yeah. know boy are you fucked <laughs> you know so yeah you know, it's kind of weird because you know what's coming. In a way, yeah. yes. I mean, I mean, it's like one thing. Like, have it's what's weird. I think is like to have it done in a movie is one thing. Like, to like see a movie based upon a book and know how the story's supposed to go is one thing. But this is a series based upon a book that was like the size of an encyclopedia. Yeah. So like, like being able to break it down into, you know, eight or ten episodes. And telling the story like that way makes complete and total sense to me. But yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit more difficult not to give spoilers for something you know the ending to when you have to wait ten episodes to get to it. You're right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, there's been so many books that have been created in the movies that are just terrible. And but this isn't going too bad. I feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it could be worse. It could be Jurassic Park. <laughs> that was my first ever let real real let. Well, maybe one of my first letdowns was Jurassic Park. I thought the movie looked great, but it didn't focus on the stuff that I wanted to focus on from the book. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole yeah. sick tricer, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And when Hammond didn't get eaten at the end, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It like ruined it for me. Yeah. I mean, he, did you read the book? Yeah. Yeah. I read the book afterwards, though. Oh, did you? Yeah. It would have been so much cooler if that T-Rex would have ate Hammond. Yeah. So much better. But, um, I get what you're saying, though, because, like, I mean, I, I mean, I know there are, like, my big one is always, like, anytime I see something has been made from a Dean Koontz book, I know it's trash. I know. Weird, it right? It has nothing to do with like the actual source material other than maybe in name only. Yeah. I just find that so strange because what a com- what a great writer. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, like, you can put him next to Stephen King. And some of his stuff is better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, really good stories. And, like, why aren't they making more shit from his stuff? And sticking to the story. More importantly, yeah. like, like I mean, there there are some some. There, there, you're right. There there are some really great Dean Coon stuff out there, and I think Dean Coons kind of gets labeled as like the ripoff or like the the budget version of Stephen King. Yeah. But like Dean Coons did write some really great stuff that like deserves to be adapted into a movie and done well. Yeah. And I mean, instead, he like he gets like the Bloomberg treatment, or you know, it's like like this really shitty like. We just bought the rights to this book, and we're gonna kind of make something similar to it, but not really. Like I was like, "Holy fuck, does this suck?" Strangers, yeah. Strangers is one of my all-time favorite books. They fucked that thing up to no end. 
Yeah. It has fucking Corey Haim in it. <laughs> Motherfucker. I know. I know, dude. I know. And like one of my all-time favorite books is Lightning, and I'm glad it never like in a way, like I I feel like that that's a book that absolutely deserves to be made into a movie. If there's any book that's like right for the picking for making into a movie, it's it's Lightning. Uh-huh. And I'm glad they never did it because they would have just fucked it up to no end. Yeah. Like, completely fucked it up. Right. No, I know. What's your favorite Stephen King movie? Adaption. Seriously. I'm, I, I have to go with Christine. Really? Yeah. Out of them all. Yeah, I, I know that's a weird answer. Um, but I just I I, I liked how I, I thought that stuck about as closely to the book as you could. Yeah. Not that that had to waver very far. Yeah. But I just I like it. I like that story, like the, the story of the possessed car. You know, like there's something like that was interesting about that to me. Yeah. Um, and I know it's sacrilege to say this, but I actually, I, I, people are going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with this? this is what's wrong with Sean? I really like the Steven Weber adaptation of The Shining. Okay. The one they did in like 91 or 92. It was like yeah. the ABC miniseries because it is much closer to the book. Than the Nicholson version is. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't have the maze. It has the the, the changing topiaries, and it, it it does stick much closer to the the story of the book than the than the the Nicholson version does. So, like, mm-hmm. I really like, and I and I like Stephen Weber. Like, I like him as an actor. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those weird things that I know it's like sacrilege to say, but I actually prefer that version. Yeah. Compared to. You know, I, I, I preferred to, like, um, oh, what's her name? Like, the, the way... The way the wife was portrayed in Nicholson movie, too. Like, I, I like in the book, Sorry, she seems yeah. much stronger. Like, a stronger yeah. character. And here, she's just a... You know? And yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, so there's a lot, like... Don't me, the Nicholson version is amazing. It's an amazing movie, you know? Yeah. But like to me, like when you compare it to the book, the the this later version that they did made for TV as it is, I think holds up better to the book than Nicholson's does. That's cool. Yeah, no, that, just, that's my opinion. Yeah. I'm sure people are gonna be like writing it like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Did you see Doctor Sleep? I did. Yeah. Okay, I liked when they went back to the house. Oh yeah, that was like the best part of that film, and it was just cool to see things come to life again. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? and like, like, I mean, and and he even talks like, oh, I have to wake up the house. Yeah, it's fucking you crazy. know. Yeah, um, like I do. I, I think Doctor Sleep was really, really well done. I liked it a lot. I mean, I mean, you know, next to the stand, well, it chapter two. I recently watched, but so I, like, I hate to like, I hate to like lump it in because it's like, well, you just like that one because it's got you and McGregor in it. 
and you'll watch anything with you and McGregor. And you're probably right, you know. But yeah, but it is a, pretty good. It is. It was. It's actually really. Like, I mean, the story beforehand, before they get to the house, is good. It's interesting. But once yeah, you get but, to the house, it's like, oh fuck. You know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, once, once they, they get, get there, once fantastic. they get to the hotel, you're just like, oh shit, it's on. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like that's and why. Like, and even that scene, but where he has the the drink with his dad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That was like a. That was really powerful because like you could tell like the character needed that. Right. Like he was confronting his own demon, and his demon was his father. Right. 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 You know, and this is his chance to confront that demon as an adult man, and basically tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that, was, that was really well done. I like the way it was portrayed, the house and everything, and the. Yeah. I like how everything was portrayed in that. The grounds, the house, everything was. It was just really well done. Yeah. Um. And, you know, it's funny after all all the movies that they've made, Stephen King stuff like. I mean, so many, so many. Um, I have to go with. <laughs> And then it's going to be cheese, but I'm going to have to go with Silver Bullet. No, no, I, think that, I think that is like, I just love the film. Yeah. Yeah. I know Corey Haim, but I mean, this is, this is pre-Corey Haim. Right. This, this is, pre, is like, like good Corey Haim. Yeah. And, um, and Gary Busey was, he was yeah. amazing in that. Yeah. He was, he was amazing. He was. I mean, like yeah. he was, it, there was some good acting going on there. You yeah, know? that was pre pre head trauma, pre crazy Gary Busey. Yeah. That you know, you're right. just like, damn, Gary Busey could act. Yeah, and he was good, and like, I like it was a simple. Well, I mean, it was a simple story, and it, and that's how it felt. And I like how the movie was narrated by her. Yeah. Um, I thought that was like the golden touch to that movie. You know what I mean? Like. Right. I, any scenes with her were done with narration. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty good werewolf. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the, the kid was handicapped. I thought that was an interesting, you know, it was just interesting all around. The characters were very interesting to me. <clears throat> um, and at times, you know, certain points of that movie were pretty bloody and brutal. Yeah. Especially the hunting trip. Yeah. Where they all went out into the foggy woods. Yeah, that was wicked, dude. You know, so I mean, there was some bad effects in that, but for the most part, it was pretty good. That's my favorite. Yeah, that I like good. when the, Gary Busey first sees the werewolf. That's yeah. my favorite. Absolutely, my favorite part. He's like, whoa, you know, his face. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's fucking great. So yeah, that's probably my favorite. Definitely. Yeah, I can see that. I've watched it a hundred times. Yeah. I, I'll watch it. Again. It was one of my mom's favorites too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she loved Gary Busey. She did. She did. Like there were actors that your mother clung to, like no matter what. And Gary Busey was one of those actors. She's like, I like a good Gary Busey movie. I make no apologies yeah. for that. Right. And she was a Stallone person too. Yeah. She watched anything that Stallone was in. Yeah. She loved Stallone. <laughs> she was a big Rocky fan, that too. Yeah. But 
<laughs> she didn't like Stallone, did. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So what'd you do last night? Did you do anything for New Year's? Or I guess two nights ago. Two nights. Uh no. Uh, Lisa was quarantined. Yeah. Um uh, up at mom's. Uh Lisa's sister came over with their kid. We stayed up. I barely made it through the new year. Yeah. I did. I, I barely I barely made it. I was it was like eleven forty five and I was falling asleep. I'm like, oh my God. What the thing is is I worked New Year's each yeah. day. So yeah. I was already up at four thirty. I didn't take a nap or anything like that. Yeah. So I was beat. And uh <clears throat> yeah, I made it to like twelve thirty and that was it. I don't woke up the next morning. Yeah. Six thirty the morning <laughs> you know yeah Rare, ready to go i guess i don't know what'd you do i kind of had the same problem like i got off work at 10 came downstairs nancy was upstairs playing animal crossing uh-huh. and i laid down i was watching some bowl game I was trying to catch some football yeah and uh I laid down on the couch, and a little chilly, so I put a blanket over me. I looked at the clock again. It was 11.55. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, woke up, like, just in time, and uh, I had Sabine behind me on the couch sleeping. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, when the clock struck midnight and McKees were erupted in gunfire... <laughs> She went running. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Took off running. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's classic. Didn't see her again the rest of the night until it's time for bed. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't. We just had, like, I did make some Isley's ham barbecue. Yeah. And uh, we just had, like, dips and stuff like that. Nothing yeah. big. Yeah, I made a better. I got up and I was like, they had these fillets on still at Sam's, <laughs> you know, like filet mignon. Yeah. But it was two pounds of fillet, almost two pounds of fillet for like, it was like twenty one dollars. I was like, wow, that's really good price for fillet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like ten dollars a pound. I was like, that's a steal. Yeah. And I was like. You know, maybe I, I saw it. I think it was I think it was New Year's Eve, right after work. I went. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, I'm probably not going to make it that night, but I, maybe I'll make it for breakfast in the morning. You know. Yeah. So, um, there was four fillets inside, and uh, I went old school cooking. <laughs> like. Oh wow. I did. I I. Uh, Real qu- just real quick on, you know, Chef Ian. Uh, no, I put him, yeah. I heated olive oil up and I, I have this skillet. I only have one skillet uh, that I could use for this project. And uh, I put the four fillets on and uh, really hot oil. And I, I burnt, not burned, sorry. Um, seared both sides. Yeah. Just salt and pepper. Yeah. And then added uh, six tablespoons of butter. 
Okay. Put that in the pan. Um, yeah, and I, I was scooping the butter on top of the flays and da 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 da. And then I threw it in the oven. Yeah. And I only have one pan that I can do that with. A nice cast uh, iron pan. Yeah, it wasn't cast iron, I wish. I, I don't, I'm scared to use the cast iron because it's, we use that for tortillas. So I don't, oh, okay. yeah. I don't fuck with that. There's, okay. it's already seasoned and oiled and, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't, I don't mess with that. Um, cause you know, whatever you cook in a cast iron, it usually stays in a cast iron. Yeah. It, but, um, I have just a big, it's like a restaurant skillet. Yeah. Okay. Big enough to hold, it could probably hold six fillets, but it's a big yeah. one. I took the back handle off, you know, the rubber part. I threw it right in the oven at 400 for like five minutes. Yeah. Six minutes, took it out, let the steaks rest. Yeah. And then I made eggs, made eggs and toast. Fucking fantastic. Nice. Uh, it came out nice. And yeah. Mid rare. It was it was um, cooked properly, uh, melted in your mouth. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah, it was it was a good steak. <laughs> That's what we did there. And then I had um, and we just kind of been snacking. Yeah. I haven't been eating anything big. Uh, we did have <laughs> well, on I made a corn beef and cabbage. Yeah. So. Yeah, food-wise, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do anything. Um, no, nothing like nothing like nothing special. Yeah, yeah. I had to work yesterday, so <laughs> that was stealing money. Were you you weren't busy? No. Really. Yeah, like I, I get like the number. I probably if I took a total of ten calls in eight hours, I'd be shocked. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. So like I, like I said, I was basically sitting up there doing nothing all day. Just, which I mean, I knew it was, like I told Nancy like before I even went up, I'm like it's gonna be one thing or the other. Either it's gonna be like super dead because everybody thinks we're closed. Yeah. Or it's gonna be balls to the wall busy. Yeah. There's no in between. You know. Yeah. Well, it was super dead. Yeah. And uh I was like, that's fine by me. I'm stealing money today, you know. Yeah. But uh come Monday. Yeah, I gotta start working overtime. It's our mandatory overtime period, so I'm working two hours of overtime a day. Really? And, uh, yeah. And uh it's gonna be hell. <laughs> yeah. It's our busy time of the year. I'm just not looking forward to it at all. How long does that last? You usually, you know, like early to mid February is when it finally dies out. Okay. And it's like returns like our normal. Yeah. But um, it's tough to say because like I mean, obviously this year, this past year was different. You see, like, it kind of flattened out, and, you know, then COVID hit, and everything fucking took right back off again. So, like, it was, like, a week. It was, like, a week where things were, like, back to normal uh-huh. before everything kind of took back off and kind of stayed that way all year. Hmm. So. I get it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Well, 
before we, we jump into the show proper, I want to do something we normally don't do. Yeah. Um, I received a message from our good friends at the Pod Breed Network. Okay. Um, apparently, this this young lady, her her name is Angela. Okay. Wrote into the Pod Breed Network to give a message to us. Okay. And it says here, "Hi, Sean and Ian. Hey, my boyfriend's a big friend, big fan of your podcast. His name is Justin, and he'll be forty on January second. I was hoping you might wish him a happy birthday on the show if you put on an episode around that date. You guys make him nostalgic for Pittsburgh. He grew up there and started his career as a mechanic at Kennywood. He now works at a park here in Connecticut that's owned by the same company. Oh, wow. And he shares your taste in movies and TV as well. So, so Justin, happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's a damn fine woman you've got there who would hunt us down and ask <laughs> us to do this big favor for you. And I certainly hope you asked her to do you a big favor for you as well. Wow. <laughs> I'm a pig. <laughs> the funny thing is she also te- tweeted us with a completely separate issue. And I didn't realize it was the same person at first until like I did some research. I'm like, I wonder if this is the same person. And she texted us. She said, um, the first thing Justin said after watching Wonder Woman 1984 was, I can't wait to hear what Pittsburgh nerd had to say about it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, you got you got a very in-depth review from us. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> But no, first of all, I think I want I want to thank Podbreed for forwarding that message to us. I, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, but I, I do and I want to say like you know, first off, Justin, thank you for being a fan. Yeah. And right sure. into us. Yeah, right in. I, I I love to hear from you. You don't have to write in every week like Thad does. You know, but. Just to hear from you, hear how you found out about us would be fun. I always find that interesting. Yeah. You know, what, and then why did you keep listening? Like, because it may have been like, like with Tim, you know, Tim was just looking for Pittsburgh podcasts, stumbled upon us, liked what he heard, you know. So is that the same thing where we were looking for something about Pittsburgh and found us? And like, when did you start listening to us? But, you know, all that jazz. I want, I want to know. I want to know who you are. <laughs> nice. I want to know what you're thinking. Tell me what's on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> there are like three people who got that reference. <laughs> yeah. I want to feel your pain. Ugh. Justin, reach out and let me touch you. <laughs> okay, that's enough. that's enough of that. Yeah, that went down a very strange road very quickly. Yeah. Oh, you've been in the house too much. I have, I have. I need to get out. So, here's a story. Here's a story. 
a man named Brady. Here, here is our what I would like to consider the best way to start off the new year by pissing off Stork. Okay. Okay. Here's a story where where Robert Rodriguez and Robert Rodriguez is in the news quite a bit. Um, he just released a movie that I like to watch on Netflix called We Can Be Heroes. Yeah, um, I'm gonna watch that after. Yeah. Starring the great Pedro Pascal, um, but including all the spy kids, I believe, and also Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, total badassery. Um, but not not only but not only that, but he did direct um, an episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, for those who don't know, the episode where Boba Fett came out and was a complete and total badass. Right. That is the episode directed by by uh, the great Robert Rodriguez. He has also been, you know, he's become a a a gif, if you will, because he's playing guitar and Baby Yoda is jamming out with him. Have you seen that? I have seen that. Yes. Yeah. Trem- I wish I was that fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Robert Rodriguez has been in the news, and uh, rightfully so. So of course he has been he gets asked about now that Disney owns the rights to Alita Battle Angel what are the possibilities that we may see a sequel And he states I think anything is possible Disney bought Fox and they have Disney Plus so that is worth the conversation Right I know other people would love to see another and I would love to do another one. As far as where it would go or how it would be made, I think streaming has opened up many opportunities such as sequels. It's already a pre-sold concept. It's got a built-in audience that wants to see it and is delivered to them in any way that's the easiest for them to consume. So that's not a bad idea. Now, hearing that Robert Rodriguez wants to do this makes me so fucking happy. Yeah. It does, cause like I know you 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 just recently watched it not too long ago, right? And you know, and I've been you know, it's been one of those movies that I have said all along was a, a a better movie than people made it out to be. But it really is just a fantastic movie that I I really think, given an opportunity, can can be a successful franchise, right? Like. I guess you could say, like, well, it was given an opportunity, Sean, and nobody went to go see it. And I, I think that's partially Fox's fault. I think they, they dropped the ball with that. I think they pushed it into February. They, they, they pushed it back, and they pushed it into February, which is like a no-man's land for movies. Nobody goes to see movies in February for some reason. And it did well, but not that well. You know, it recently got re-released. I think it was in November it got re-released for the week for a weekend, um, and I think it did okay. But I mean, you know, it's COVID, you know, right? Not that many people went to go to the movie theater to go see this movie. So, but I do think there is an audience for it. Yeah, you I think know? so. Yeah, and I I do think like releasing it on a streaming service like Disney Plus would. You know, give it a fighting chance. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it's good enough to go definitely into, you know, franchise. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it's one of those movies that's I think interesting that like everybody involved with that movie gets asked about it. Yeah. Like you know the the actors get asked about it. like will there be a sequel like so like there's enough interest in the sequel that people are bringing it up. You know, when they're talking to these actors about other projects and they have to answer the question and the answer, unfortunately, is always, well, that's not up to me, but, you know, I'd love to do it. You know, that's always our answer. Yeah. But I think Robert Rodriguez is a guy who could say, yeah, you know what? I made the movie. It didn't do that well. I'm proud of the work I did. But, you know, I don't know if I'm up for a sequel or not. I got other things on my plate. I'm, you know, I don't know if you're aware of it, but, you know, I got a Boba Fett TV series to produce. Right. You know, I got shit to do with Boba Fett. You know. So like it's like one of those things like he could have definitely deflected the answer and he like he's like, fuck no. I work for Disney now. I'd love to do this. Right. You know. Maybe you will. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. I think he's one of the he, Like there's, there's the three directors that came out of that era were Tarantino, Kevin Smith, and Robert Rodriguez. And Kevin Smith gets his due as being the voice of Generation X. Yeah. And Tarantino gets his due as being just one of the great filmmakers of, of, of any time. Right. Let alone our time. But Robert Rodriguez kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit. And I, I, I think I discussed this last week a little bit, when I, you know, talking about El Mariachi and stuff. But, yeah. like, this guy makes a damn fine movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, he, he's, a, it's a, he's a different set of – I don't know if it's because, like – you know, I don't know if it's because his last name is Rodriguez. <laughs> you know, right. like, that there might be some – you know, yeah, yeah, that other guy, you know, but I mean, I'm not going to say everything he's made is, has been a home run, but damn near. And I mean, you look at stuff like El Mariachi and, and shit like that. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's good. You know, his, his episode, like I, I, high praise for that episode that he directed of the Mandalorian. You know, I said it right out of the gate. I, I, I thought it was, it was shot amazing. And like, I was like, I've seen this work before. Like I could see where, who, whose eye this is. I just couldn't place it. And at the end I was like, Oh, directed by Robert Rodriguez. That makes a ton of sense. I get it now. You know, <laughs> yeah. like the way the violence was choreographed and everything. Like I was like, yeah, that's, that's Robert Rodriguez. Okay. Right. I see it now. You know, so Like and I think if you watch Alita, I mean it's it's a it's an special effects heavy movie, but he he specializes in that. Like that's his thing. That's his wheelhouse. Right. You know, be, like believe it or not, like that's that's something he helped pioneer with green screen and everything. Right. Like, like when you look at like shit like Sin City, like that's you know. All Robert Rodriguez and like you know, and so like 
but it's shot beautifully. Like it's really well done special effects that look nice and are integrated really well into the scene. It doesn't take you out of the scene. It looks like it's all one flowing scene. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Right. You know, I mean, he, he talked about how much he learned from James Cameron who produced Alita and like, he's a guy who's like open to new shit. He's not like, you know, this is how I do things. Like he's like, yeah, uh, I talked to George Lucas. He, he taught me a lot of shit in like an hour. <laughs> right. I talked to James Cameron. Like I got to work with James Cameron. You have no idea how much shit I learned from James Cameron. You know, where other directors would be like, yeah, I do things my way. Yeah, right. He seems to be pretty open. Yeah. To whatever, you know. What right. I mean? And he, I mean, he's always been kind of like a visionary, but like in like that low budget, we're going to film it in Austin kind of way. Yeah. You know, but like, again, like another movie, like if you look at it, it looks fucking beautiful. And that's Predators. Yeah. Like people forget, like that's directed by Robert Rodriguez. And that is a loving like, you can tell there's nothing but love for that franchise in the movie that he made. Yeah. Because that movie is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It is good. You know, next to the original movie, it stands up more than any other movie in that franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it stands next to one and two. Oh, two, two's a turd. Alien 2? Predator 2. Oh, Predator 2. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm not, not aliens. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not aliens. I'm hanging up. <laughs> yeah, we're ending this call. Jesus Christ. Congratulations, yeah. Justin. You've just broken up the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I My head was an Alien 2. I was yeah. like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, no, uh, Predator 2 with Danny Glover. No, oh, yeah, that was a... And, and Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, that was a stink bomb. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know why they always... Dan, and Danny Glover always gets the... When he dies or something happens in a movie, he always gets, like, ex, exploded on. Yeah. You know, and, and remember in Predator 2? And do you oh, remember... Yeah. Remember, uh, um, uh, shit. What, what, what was it? The John Cusack movie, 2013, or? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, I don't know when you talk. Tw- yeah, um, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Covering that. The same scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of Danny Glover. And being too damn old. They're making a lethal weapon five. Why? I have no fucking clue. Like, like Richard Donner. Like, here, here's how bad this is. Richard Donner just turned 90. And he's coming back to direct lethal weapon five. 90. Yeah. Dude, you made it to fucking 90. Be glad. You don't have to make a fifth movie. We don't right. need a fifth lethal weapon. 
Mm-hmm. I don't need Danny Glover in a in a walker trying to fight crime in L.A. Yeah, I just can't see it. Like this is a bad idea all around. Right. He better be uh, the chief. <clears throat> you know what I mean? But like, I don't even want to see Murtaugh. Like, I don't want to see Riggs. I do not want to see Mel Gibson trying to be Riggs. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, as much as I love that character, like, I'm at a point, like, where I do not need to see Mel Gibson reprise that role. (laughs) Right. I just don't. No, I I hear you. And it would be one thing if it was like, okay, like, you know, Warner Brothers, who owns the rights to that, I think. You know, they're bringing it back, and they want to do something with the property. But, like, you know, Richard Donner's like, I'll come back and direct it. <laughs> just just wheel me up, and I can direct it. Just, I need some oxygen. <sighs> like, holy fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> I can't believe, like, this 90-year-old man is coming back to direct a fucking action movie. I know. It's and just I so- love Richard Donner. Richard Donner has made some of them, like some of my favorite movies. He made Superman One. He made The Goonies. He made Lethal Weapon. Like he, Richard Donner is a director I absolutely love. Dude, you haven't made a movie in like twenty some odd fucking years. There's a reason for that. Right. I have nothing but the utmost respect for you, but you are a ninety year old man. Do not walk on the set. Man, he made a lot of movies. Yeah. I mean, like, shit that I didn't even know he made. But he made a lot of shit you love. Yeah, I know. I was just looking at that. Holy fuck. I just didn't realize that he made... I mean, I I know a lot of Richard Donner movies, but there are some things that I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just can't believe it. I wonder if he's done anything recently. I doubt it. Like I said, I don't think he's made anything in like 20 years. 2006 was his last movie. 2006. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot. Tales from the Crypt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, but Radio Flyer, Scrooged, Goonies, Lady Hawk. And like, like sixteen blocks is a really good movie. Like you're talking about, like the last movie you made, sixteen blocks. That's a really good fucking movie. Yeah. You know, timeline. No, no, not so much. <laughs> yeah, but most yeah. of them are pretty good. Yeah. Maverick. That's a good one. The toy. I didn't know he did the toy. Yeah, Scrooged. The Goonies. Lady Hawk. He fucking directed Lady Hawk. I know. I saw that. He also directed The Omen, which I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So, I mean, like. Kojak? I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah it was a Kojak. Yeah. He cut his teeth on TV back in, in the 70s. Yeah. But, like, you, you look at, like, the movies that he's made, like, these are, like, The Omen, Superman, Superman 2. The Toy, Lady Hawk, Goonies, Lethal Dude, he Weapon. Directed, I know he directed four episodes of the Banana Splits, boy. 
there you go, right there. That's all you need to know about the man. He did three episodes of the Wild Wild West. So, I mean, like, you're, you're a man who, like, you have my absolute utmost respect. I salute you. You know, and the fact that you're still alive gets a double salute. But I do <laughs> not need to see a Lethal Weapon 5. No, none of us do. No. And I'm sorry, Lethal Weapon 4 was a turd. Chet Lee couldn't save that fucking movie. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Except for Jelly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, Lethal Weapon 3, I could even say, is, like, a pretty good movie. For a third movie in the franchise, like, it didn't, like, die of fatigue yet. Lethal Weapon 4, I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> it was bad. No, Gibson cannot kick that little guy's ass. I am sorry. <laughs> that so is not funny. happening. <laughs> yeah. There's I believe no Mel Gibson could beat everybody else's fat ass in that he has fought in these movies. He is not kicking that little guy's ass. What's his name? Jet what? Jet Lee? Okay. <laughs> he moves like a jet. I see that. Yeah. Mel no ain't way. winning this fight. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, it's pretty old to come back and direct a movie. Yeah. He's going to do it. <laughs> Get the band back together. God, how old is Glover now? He's got to be 70 years old. Danny Glover. He has to be 70 years old by now. Um, He was born in I'm trying to do math in my head. <laughs> He's 70-something, yeah. Damn. You figure 46 to 06 would be 50. Sixty. He's like... S- 74. 74, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's 74 and Mel Gibson's 65. Yeah, my math was way off there. So before yeah. people call, so before people on Twitter start like correcting my math, aka Stork, yeah, my math was off. I'm sorry. Yeah, but still 70, 76. Yeah. 75, you know, something like that. Man. But again, like I, you know, Danny Glover. They bring it back Pesci, too? Um, I, I would imagine so. Yeah, why not? Because he's 77. Yeah, I mean, why not bring back Pesci? You can talk about getting fucked in the drive-thru. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy to me. Oh, man. Like, what are you expecting Danny Glover to do? Like, honestly, like, I mean... Well, even Mel Gibson, he's a senior citizen now. Yeah. Of course. I mean, Mel Gibson's 65 years old. <laughs> yeah, he was born in 56. 
So he's ten years younger. He's yeah, he's sixty five. Like who is who is Mel Gibson's wife? Renee Russo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's sixty six. Yeah. Damn, dude. Anyway. Yeah, old boy. <laughs> That's a rough one to take in right there, cause uh, like she still looks good. Like she has, like there are a lot of women who like, like you could like look at me and go like, man, she's had a lot of work done, but like uh-huh. she looks like naturally good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I mean, I'm not saying she looks bad. I'm just saying no. that she's still. Right, just as she's 66. It's like, that's a hard one. That's a hard pill to swallow because you're like, I had a crush on her like 25 years ago, you know? Yeah, but I was, we were doing, we were, th- I was thinking about that today when I was watching, um, uh, they, they did a thing with, um, oh, what's his name? He played the snowman and freaking, Josh Josh Gad played the he snowman. played the snowman in Frozen. Oh, Josh Gad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know he uh, he does that thing on TV where he brings all the people back. Yeah. To this yeah. session, like he, yeah, you know he, he did Lord of the Rings. He did you know all these things. Right. Um, he did the Goonies. Donner was on that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, they did one with he did one with the Karate Kid. Yeah. So they had them all on again. <laughs> you know shoot. what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, but uh, some of them look pretty rough. <laughs> the yeah. one guy died. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know he was, he was from Wheeling. I didn't know that. No, neither did I. Yeah. But there's one guy that's not in it, and that's and Lisa reminded me of this. And she's like, "Yeah, there's the one guy that's not in it. He had really, really, really white hair, white blonde hair of the original yeah. Cobra Kai group, right?" And he's actually Steve McQueen's son, I think. Oh wow! I didn't know that. No, I didn't know it either. Um. Um. Yeah, Chad McQueen. Yeah. Um. He's the one with like really, really white hair in the yeah. in the um. But yeah, he got out of that and formed his own race car company. He's he's a race race car driver. Somehow that doesn't surprise on McQueen's name. It's called Yeah. No, but I I just thought it was neat because he's not in the series at all. Yeah. He's doing his but uh, I just thought it was interesting. For some reason I don't remember the other guys at all. Yeah. (laughs) I just I want to clarify, like it's fun because like, you know, earlier I was talking about like you know, Heather Graham and like Heather Graham's like my age. Like she's around our age. And it's like you know, I go back to Boogie Nights. I'm like, oh. like, mm, Heather Graham. Well, like with Renee Russo, it's like I'm looking at her and I'm like thinking to myself, like, 
compared to like other actresses when they reach her age. Like I think of like like Goldie Hawn and um oh god she's older than that. Right, I know they're they're older, but when they reach the, but when they start when they got to like 60, 65, like Goldie Hawn like like looked like her face was being pulled backwards. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um uh, I can't think of her name. She was Barbaretta. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Same thing. Like you like you just look at her and like you just go, Oh yeah, she's had a ton of work done. You know. I look at Renee Russo like in like movies she just did like last year, like in well not last year, in in nineteen nineteen or twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. She does not look like she's had work done. Right. You know what I mean? Like she looks natural still. Like she hasn't reached that point of like going like whatever it takes to make me look like I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. You know, because like What's some that? of these. She, yeah, like like from. Uh, what's that from? Uh, Doctor Who. The bow. Oh, yeah. yeah. The face yes. of bow. Yeah. Yeah, Cassandra, Cassandra, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they look like. I mean, and you're just like, like horrified by them. Like I I see Jane Fonda and like, and she's still a damn fine actress. Like when she was in the newsroom, I thought the woman can still act her ass off, whether you like her or not, she can still act her ass off, but she looks fucking hideous. Like, and like in a way that like, like just because she's had so much work done. Well, look at what's her name from men in black Two. Yeah. What's her name? Oh, yeah. I can't. I, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of her name. She but played yeah. the main, main villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She looks horrible. Oh, but she, she has for years. Apart. Yeah. I know, but it's like some people have plastic surgery and, and it seems like it, it goes okay. And then other people just, like, take it to the next level. Right. I mean, like, it's I'm like sure. the Jackson effect. You know what I mean? Like. And I'm sure they, Renee Russo's had work done, but she still has like a, a very natural beauty to her. Yeah. Even as an older woman. Right. Like, and I'm, I'm sure, but I'm sure she's had something done, just not to the, the extreme that some of these other women go to. It's like almost like she's accepted the fact that, you know, yeah, I'm 65. I want to do something to touch myself up, but I'm not going like with a fool. Let me just have my shit pulled back so I try to look younger. Well, I still have a turkey neck. <laughs> right. You know. So, like, I applaud her for that. I mean, you know? some of them look like they just came out of the Monongahela. Yeah. I mean, seriously. You're, you're right. <laughs> like, look like little kaiju. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It, it is. It's, and I get it. Like, it's a young person's game and all. But, like, there's a point where you just have to say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> you know? I'm 60-something. I deal with it. You know? Right. But, it looks like she's had a little bit of work done. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure she has, but not not anywhere near the point that some of these other older women in Hollywood do. Yeah. Like, it looks like she, like, looked at them and said, yeah, I'm not going to go quite that far. I mean, Elizabeth Shue's the same way. Like, she doesn't look like... And again, I'm sure she's had work done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I'm, like I said, I'm sure she's had some work done, but... Not anywhere near, like, she looks like, you know, she's 50-something. 
Right, right. You know, like it, you just look at her and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're you're 54." You know, <laughs> you still look good. You know, but yeah. Like some of these people are smoking now. Yeah. She is. Yeah. She was smoking back then, and she is now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's 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 one of those oddball things that like I, and it's like I I get it, but at some point you've got to like recognize like, okay, this is this isn't working. (laughs) My nose just fell off. Yeah. Something's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the worst part is it's not getting them work. Right. It's not. At all. You know. Right. You're just showing up on red carpets because, you know, of your name. Right. But, like, for the most part, it's like, I mean, again, like, Jane, like, and, like, the sad part is, like, I look at Jane Fonda as a, as a prime example. Like I said, in the newsroom, I just thought, man, this woman can still act. She still has the chops. You know, right. I'm very, like, I was, but like, good Lord, what, what have you had done to yourself? <laughs> you know, I know they, they're just, I think she, she's 57. Damn. Yeah. That's just nuts. Yeah. I want to know what he, he is. He's 60. Almost yeah. 60. Rough Johnny. Rough watch it, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, it, it's like this, like, I mean, you're watching Cobra Kai, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, these guys are about my age, I think. And you're wrong. Like, I mean, they were like yeah, 10 years older than us. Yeah, they were, yeah. You know? Oh, it's funny. We were watching it, um, and I'll tell you this part. I mean, you can guess this part anyway. Well, you know that he broke his back and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this one part, and Anna kept looking at that kid and says, and she kept saying, "Yeah, Dad, doesn't he look like uh, uh, Johnny from you know? Out is it? Was it Outsiders? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah." And uh, I was like, doesn't he doesn't look just like him? And she said it like four times. And I'm like, and he's, you know, he's in the hospital bed, just laying there. And he says, yeah, yeah. If you flipped him over, it'd probably look even more like Johnny. <laughs> 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 Ugh. Flip him over and give him a book. <laughs> yeah. That he can't even move. Like, yeah. Like that's like I always watch that part in that movie in The Outsiders. Like that's like torture. Here, I brought this book for you. Yeah, you can't move nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't. Just stare at the cover. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He was like oh, 25 when he made that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he kept that kid appearance for a long time though. He did because I yeah. think he was older than everybody else on on set for um, at least by three or four years. Yeah, you know, with a few exceptions. I mean, like I, I, you know, Tom Cruise was older. No, I'm talking about 
I'm talking about Cobra Kai. I'm not talking. Oh, okay, about yeah, him. okay. But and yeah, I, yeah, no, Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you know, yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's like it's one of those deals where like, yeah, he did keep that like. Even now, I mean, you like I wouldn't like if you look if you look at at, at that at uh that cat that actor, like you wouldn't say he's sixty. Who Ralph Macchio? Ralph Macchio, yeah. You'd think fifty. Yeah, I'd say fifty. Yeah, like I'm not saying he looks like he's like twenty something, like, but you would definitely like shave ten years off by the look of him. Like you'd think like, wow, he he he's he's still a, a spry fifty year old. You know, no, he's he's sixty. I would I would say Johnny Johnny looks around fifty. Yeah. He he aged pretty well. Yeah. He has some he's got some wrinkles going on, but I mean like yeah. he he's aged all right. Right. I mean he doesn't look like you know Johnny from you yeah. know. <laughs> but um he's a pretty good actor. I have to give the acting, I think the true acting chops in Cobra Kai is with what's his name that plays Johnny. Yeah. Not Machio. I mean, Machio is. Yeah. I think what's interesting is like that that guy got pigeonholed as like the dickhead in the 80s movies. Yeah. Yeah. So much that like it ruined him for years. Right. Like, cause you're right. Like you watch him act and you like, at least over the first two seasons, like we talked about it, like his character arc is so interesting. Right. And it was like a lesser actor couldn't pull this off. Right. You know? And so you like, you like, you wonder like, well, how come he couldn't get out of that pigeonhole then? It was just like, cause it's an eighties thing. Like you just got pigeonholed as the dickhead. Yeah. And once you reach an age where, like, you know, that doesn't work anymore, you're, you're done acting. Right. You know, and I'm sure he worked all through the 90s and the 2000s. I'm sure he, like, you know, bit part here, bit part there, whatever it took to keep, you know, a roof over his was, head. Right. I think he was more on an independent level thing. He Probably, was doing yeah. Writing, writing and directing, I think. Yeah. Like, on that level. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good. I mean, his acting. I mean, wait till you see this season; you'll enjoy it. Yeah, William Zabka. I found something like, interesting out too. You know that that song, uh, "You're the Best Around." <laughs> yeah. You know what song I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, like the, the one, one the, the the montage song from the uh the the karate tournament. Correct. You're right. Yeah. That song was originally supposed to be in Rocky Three. That makes sense. That can you can hear it almost, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it definitely has a Rocky feel to it. That's, like, that's what I liked about that song. <laughs> yeah, I know. It definitely had that Rocky feel. You know, damn Frank Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> damn Frank Stallone. <laughs> yeah, like looking over William Zabka's career, like there's a lot of like direct the video movies here that i'm seeing a lot of like two episodes of here two episodes there an episode here type of shit you know what about writing and directing uh nothing 
I thought he was writing and directing. Not that I'm seeing here, no. Hmm. He wrote a short he wrote a short called Most. Is that producer? Any awards for that? Mm-hmm. No. I'm not seeing them though. No. Oscar uh-huh. Awards, Oscar nominee for best short live action. Yeah. I know he was nominated, I thought. Yeah. Which is actually pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote and produced that, but I don't see anything as a director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like, he, like, like, it's like, it's funny. Like, you look at his career and it kind of like, okay, he's uh, the dick in the karate kid. He was a dick in just one of the guys. He was a dick in European vacation. He was the dick and back to school. <laughs> back to school. Yeah. And then 12, 12 episodes of The Equalizer, where I'm sure he was a dick. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, <clears throat> and everything else after that is direct the video in the 90s. <laughs> All right. Like a bunch of shit you've never even heard of. Well, at least he was working. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like a guy like that, that's what he has to do. But like, it's, like you said, it's like you know, from an uh, from an acting standpoint, like why wasn't this guy treated better? Like it just you get like he you get he was the dick, and then he went to straight to video. Yeah. You know. Well, hopefully he'll. He's probably typecast himself again, but <laughs> hopefully he'll act uh, a little bit more after this series. Yeah. But his face is so common. Like, he just, not common. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's, like, almost unforgettable. I mean, like, you, you know him as Johnny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he just has this look. I mean, like, I don't know. I can't. It's sort of like Machia. Yeah. You know, I'm all, Ralph Macchio did a little bit more, but yeah, he just has I don't know one of his faces. Yeah, I don't know. No, I get what you're saying. It's just it's like this weird thing of like you know, it's, it's just only happened. now yeah, that we're appreciating. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's what he got typecasted. At. Yeah, it's like only now are we appreciating him as as the actor he really is, and not the dick that he portrayed. <laughs> right. You know. Like Estevez. I love Estevez. But he has that face like. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, good old Emilio. I just watched the Mighty Ducks the other day. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I like that movie. It I don't like the second one as much. But I like I, the first. Yeah, the, the, any, any sequel to the Mighty Ducks I didn't care for as much. But, man, that first movie is it's a good watch. It is a good watch. It is. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Uh, with that, uh, we'll make our way in the old mailbag. Okay. Mailbag. And as always, we start with our good friend, Superfan Thad. Thad writes in, 
one of my two favorite baby New Year's. Better than being a baby Huey, right? I don't know. I, I was often referred to as a baby Huey, so. <laughs> I want to know more about Tim's wiener. Hey, Tim, how is your wiener doing? How about a picture of your wiener? Are you feeding your wiener? Or no, what are you feeding your wiener? Have you been playing with your wiener? Hey, hey. Does Beaver like your wiener? All right. Do you let your wiener lick Beaver in the face? Hey. <laughs> well, I mean, these are all legitimate questions. Have you shown your neighbors your wiener? I show mine all the time. Well, I think Tim, when you're referring to Tim, you're referring to his wiener dog. And with what you're showing, yours is probably your actual dick. <laughs> I'm sure you're just out there just flap, letting it flap in the wind. Wind chill or not. <laughs> nope, I'm not singing that. Nope, not going to talk about that. Did you do, did anyone do anything fun on New Year's? Well, not really, no. Well, I mean, Ian got to spend it with, uh, you know, Jamie and Jim and the family. That was my, had to have been a little bit nice while you were awake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I snuck over to Tim's to play with his wiener. I pooped on his lawn and blamed it on his wiener. Well, I think we're going to have just a forever amount of wiener jokes coming from Thad going forward. <laughs> what are you looking forward in 2021? I can't wait for Snowpiercer. I'm curious to see how it ends. Well, you know, there's a movie that takes place after the series. So if you really want to know how it ends, you probably want to watch that. Is there anything you're looking forward to in 2021? Other than a return to normalcy of some type, hopefully? No. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, some normal would be good, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Like, we talk about a return to normal. And I'm watching, I was watching before I came on, Um, the Fiesta Bowl was on. Oh, yeah. And then after that was the the, uh, the Orange Bowl. Yeah. And in the Fiesta Bowl, which t- took place in Tempe, Arizona, no fans were in the stands except for family, like team team family. Right. Um, so there was a total. If, I mean, if there was a total of five hundred people there, you know, that'd be shocking. Right. But so since there's nobody in the stands, essentially, they didn't even like. I, I like this. They didn't even pipe in crowd noise. Okay. Real. Okay. Real, which was nice. Because that can be distracting when you like you know there's nobody there, right? And it's just like it's just like a hiss, like it just it just it sounds like when when they're, when they're piping in crowd noise, it just sounds like like it just becomes like like background noise, right? But um, but they still had a PA announcer announce like announcing shit, <laughs> and the problem became since there was nobody in the crowd whatsoever, it was just echoing. 
you know, through the stadium. Yeah. And it was like drowning out the announcers, which, you know, normally it's not a bad thing, but still it was like, it became like, like really distracting. Cause I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck are they announcing? Who are they announcing to? There's a total of 500 people there. I don't think they need you telling them, you know, the, the stop at the circle K after the game for their snacks. Yeah, I thought I, I just I thought the whole experience was weird. I watched both games, well, part of the second, the big games. Yeah. And um, I just found it. I don't. It was just a weird vibe. It wasn't like college football. No, it's not. I mean, and like it, I can I can see that in the NFL. I mean, like I have more patience with it with the NFL. I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. But with college football, bowl games, you're used to hearing that roar. And Especially with a big one. And a like, student section. and Yes. Like there, there is something. Like, the Rose Bowl wasn't even played in the Rose Bowl this year. They had to move it to Arlington, Texas. Because yeah. the state of California wouldn't let them play it. Yeah. Which was weird, I thought. I mean, we they, other, they played all these other games. But I guess they didn't want people coming into the state. Yeah. Um. So they had to play the Rose Bowl. And like, and, like, when you think of the Rose Bowl, like, there is something, too. Like, that game always has, like, a, an early kickoff, like, a, a midday kickoff here, like, around 5 o'clock. And so, like, by the time it gets, to like, like, there's a point, like, where the sun's setting behind the mountains in the Rose Bowl. And, like, there's that, always those overhead shots of the crowd. And you can see, like... This side is all one team because it's all one color, and this side's the other team because it's all the other. Co- like, there are there are certain things, especially about like the Rose Bowl, that like you just like there is something to it. Like like I said, like the way the mount the the, the sun sets over behind the mountains and the, the 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 way the the game looks in that dusk light. Like it, yeah. it's it's one of those great moments in college football every year for my for my money. And like you just completely lost that, right? Yeah, I know. You know, um, yeah, it was just a weird vibe. It was. I felt like I was watching like I don't know. A lot of times, I felt like I was watching Hawaii. Seriously. Yeah. You know, you know those Hawaiian games? They're just like there's barely yeah. anybody there. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's Hawaii. I mean, you know, right. I know. I'm sure they they love football, but like there are 101 other things you can be doing other than going to watching a bad football game. Right. Yeah. Usually Hawaii's not that good. I'm sorry. But yeah. So like, you know, or like a pit game. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but there was just, there was just no people there. There was just, yeah. there's you know, wave, you know, wave of people with, Either blue or orange or red, whatever the fuck team was playing. Yeah. Was, you know, I was more shocked by the Ohio State game. Oh yeah, them blowing out Clemson the way that they did. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, shocked. I didn't yeah. think I was down like that. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen next week. <laughs> What's that? I, I bam is just gonna roll over Ohio State. Yeah. Like the funny thing is, and I, and I get it. Like the, the, you know, you looked at Ohio State. They started their season super late because of COVID. 
They only played six games. You know, the the Big Ten had to give them that bit that waiver for, you know, <laughs> even qualifying for the Big Ten championship game, which pissed a lot of people off. There were some people who felt Ohio State didn't deserve to be in in the the championship, the the Final Four. I wasn't one of them, like because like at the beginning of the season, all you heard about was like, well, Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. It's just the problem is they didn't have an opportunity to show it over a longer term like everybody else did. So the fact that Ohio State won doesn't surprise me. The fact that they trounced Clemson the way that they did does. Because I thought Clemson's defense was better than that. Yeah, yeah. You know. So. I'm like, shocked by that So, let me ask you this question. So, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars... Are you taking Trevor Lawrence or are you taking Justin Fields? Yeah, I I don't know. Like I'm still going with Trevor Lawrence because I think he's the more NFL ready quarterback. Yeah. Like Justin Fields looked good, mm. but he hasn't been that consistently throughout his career as a starter. Yeah. I think Trevor Lawrence will probably just We'll go. Yeah, I think he's the number one overall pick. Yeah. But, like, you were impressed. Like, you texted me, and I, I, I forgot to reply to you. But you, you talked about the guy from BYU who's highly regarded, and they're thinking he may be the second over second quarterback taken. Yeah, he. I was, I was man, I was like, this kid can throw, man. Yeah. I was pretty impressed by that kid. Yeah, I've watched a couple of BYU games this year, and he's got an arm. Yeah, he can throw the ball, man. It's pretty impressive. It's tough to judge quarterbacks, though, anymore, especially coming out of college. Because the college game, I mean, and the NFL game is starting to catch up to it or regress to it, however you yeah. want to look at it. Yeah. But, like, you never see these kids take a snap under center anymore. Yeah. You know, it's always... They're always in a shotgun now. Right. You know, the, the this this whole RPO offense, the spread, the spread options and everything else, you know. Like so it's tough to look at a quarterback anymore and say, Oh yeah, that 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 kid's gonna do well in the NFL. Right. I, I I think it's a it's a heart it's a bigger gamble now because you can change what your expectation is from a quarterback as far as like, well, okay, they're a bit more of a runner now. They need to be more athletic and everything else. But you still got to fit a football into a small window. The windows yeah. are much tighter in the NFL than, than they are in college. And what looks like is, is covered in a college game is open in the NFL. Right. You know, so, like, that's a very hard transition to make for a lot of these quarterbacks. I think, like, I think Baker Mayfield is as good as I think Baker Mayfield actually is. I think that's something he struggles with because I think when he played college football and he won the Heisman Trophy, I think guys were just wide the fuck open yeah, as compared to what they are in the NFL. And I think sometimes he has a problem with the, the size of that window he has to throw into. Yeah. Um, I think Tua has that same problem down there in Miami, like as yeah. well as he's played, 
you know, he just doesn't let it fly like he did in college. And the reason is he's probably looking going, well, that guy's covered. Well, the reality is, no, he's not. You just have to stick it in there. Yeah. You know, um, but then there are other guys like Justin Herbert who, like, I don't care for Oregon's offense at all. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I look at Oregon and I go, that is the antithesis of how I ever want to play football. But that dude can play. That dude can ball. Yeah. Like San Diego's got a got a keeper there that, you know, they may finally get them over the hump if they can yeah. build around them. Yeah. You know, and like you can see like he is not afraid to gun it into those windows. Yeah. You know, or some of these other younger guys are like, What the fuck do you mean that's open? That dude is covered. I can't do hit that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm. At some point soon, we're gonna have to start looking at, at one of these quarterbacks. So be the, be the next uh, Pittsburgh yeah. Steeler. Yeah, I know. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's that funny thing of like, how long is it gonna take to reach the point that you can get a guy like that? Yeah. Because I mean when they, when the when the Steelers drafted Ben, he was the 11th overall pick. Right. You know, and that was like the last really bad season the Steelers had. You know, and even then that's drafting at 11. Nowadays, a quarterback of Ben's caliber probably doesn't get out of the top 10. Right. You know. So it's like this weird thing of like, how far are they going to have to drop before we can get the next franchise quarterback? Yeah, they're going to have to get down a little bit before they're going to come up. Not a little bit. They're going to go down a lot. Like, don't forget, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. <laughs> right. His worst record has been eight and eight. Right. You know. So like, in order for you to get to the position we're talking about, like, you've got to have like a four-win season. Right. You know, something that, like, we just don't endure here. Or make some moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, like, when you're doing that, like, you would have to be trading with somebody who already has who they think their franchise quarterback is. Yeah. Like, it has to be somebody who stinks, but, like, the year before drafted their, their quarterback of the future. Right. But yes. they still stink. You know? Yeah. So moving from like number five overall to number 15 isn't that big of a deal for them because they may get like, you know, an additional, like we'll throw in a third round pick to switch with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or some shit like that. Or you just endure. I mean, it's risky drafting a quarterback because you don't know what how they're going to pan out. You know what yeah. I mean? These quarterbacks could go high up. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, Ben's draft class was that was amazing. That was Manning, Rivers, and Bent. Yeah. I mean, as far as quarterbacks. Yeah. But those those don't come up like too often. That doesn't happen. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's just it's it's one of those deals where. I mean, you you know. 
the light at the end of the tunnel tunnel is coming up quick for Ben. Yeah, and, it is coming up quick. And and like and the thing is that there are some Steeler fans who forget. You know, either because of how young how young they are, or they just choose not to remember the dark years with like a Cordell Stewart. Oh man. I know. Po- between Bradshaw and, and, and Roethlisberger, the list of quarterbacks the Steelers went through is long. Yeah, it is. David Woodley, Todd <laughs> Blackledge, Mark Malone, Cliff Mark- Stout. <laughs> I forgot about Mark Malone. Ugh. Bubby Brister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Tommy Maddox. He had one shining moment. Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you know, Mike Tomzak. Don't forget Mike Tomzak. Yeah, I forgot about Tomzak. Yeah. So like, like you know, so but between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, like we're not the Packers. Like the Packers went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. You know, they, 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 they've been playing with 20-some-odd, 30-some-odd years of greatness at that position. Right, right. You know, the Steelers went 20-some-odd years before they found their next Hall of Fame quarterback. Right, right. You know. Yeah, you're right. The Packers have been playing with a good quarterback for a long time. Yeah. Like, I mean, and there aren't many teams that can say that. There's, like, nobody that can say that. Like uh-huh. you go many times you go from a Hall of Fame quarterback, it is a struggle to find the next one. Like look at fucking Miami. Yeah. You know, Miami's been looking for a quarterback since Marino retired. Right, right. You know, uh, um you know, I mean the Browns have been looking for a quarterback since Brian Sype got traded. Denver. Yeah, Denver is the same thing. Says, I mean, they had to trade. They, they had to pick up fucking Peyton Manning, old man Peyton. And even then, like the good Peyton Manning didn't get them to the Super Bowl. The ghost of Peyton Manning did, and he rode on the coattails of that defense. Right. You know. And then San Francisco went from Montana to Young, though. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another one of the rare exceptions. Yeah. Who was after Young? Jeff Garcia. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a drop-off in quarterback play, but Jeff Garcia was still good enough to keep him in the playoff hunt. Right. Yeah. You know. You're right. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I mean. Can't you, say you, that you, about all teams. No. But there are very few teams you can say went from one great quarterback to another great quarterback right away. Right. It just doesn't happen. And when it does happen, it's it's very rare. Right. Mm. Yeah, so, like, I mean, you know, once Ben's done within the next year or two, like, I'm bracing for the long, cold winter of, you know, 20 years to find the next quarterback. (laughs) Right. You know. Yeah. Because it ain't easy. You're right. Yeah.
Well, on that note, <laughs> um, anything like that to the proceedings or sir? No, I'm good. I will remember there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. I can send us an email like these fine folks did. And that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. I can also uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. Uh, we're very easy to find. And uh, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. Uh, you can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Podbreed Network. Uh, just give them a Google search. And you'll find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. Uh, and lastly, as always, want to thank you, dear listener, uh, for supporting us as as you do each and every week. We can't thank you enough for that. And here in 2021, we hope uh, to bring you the same hijinks and shenanigans, the high quality of entertainment you've come to expect from this podcast each and every week. <laughs> Our vow to you. Aye. Aye. And on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. Peace.